0: Dr. Sid, what's up? Zaggy. How you doing, man? I'm excited, honored, happy to be here. It's been a while since we spoke, man.
1: You know, there's one thing about you, right? Anytime I meet you, or anytime I see a video of you, or just see you in any of the pictures, you're always
0: happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I just I think at a point in my life, I just realized that um, we control how we react to things. I might not be in the happiest of moods. Yeah. But then I actually choose. Yeah. To smile or be happy about the situation. Yeah. Because at his life is short. And you just when you have a near death experience, you just realize that at any moment you can go. So I literally just relax.
1: Do you do you always translate that into the music?
0: Um, I try to translate it into everything that I do because for me what's important is the best things come from the inside yeah you know if you if you if you're happy on the inside you bring that out it always shows in everything that you're doing so i try to exude that in everything i do from the music to business to everything i feel like as a i like to call myself a leader most of the things that i do the tone of the people around you is set by the person at the top So if your energy is negative, it trickles down to your staff, to everybody that works around you. But when you have positive energy, you get it trickles down and it's infectious and it helps, you know, the process of so even if you're having a bad day, you literally have to still exude positive energy.
1: That's
0: dope. Mm -hmm.
1: That's dope. That's that's a good way to look at it. So for all you uh, managers out there, if you guys are listening, uh, <laughs> Sid just gave you guys one on one. Yes. Sir. <laughs> so no need to read that Harvard Business Review document <laughs> anymore. But yeah, Sid. Um. So thank you so much for you know gracing the podcast. Um. We are here to discuss turning points.
0: Turning points.
1: Turning point. Turn ten. Yes. That's a lot of T's. Yeah. Um. In in. Twenty 2020. twenty. In twenty twenty, right? Yeah. And and you know, so forgive me for not, you know, recording this then. Um, it was a pandemic. There was a, okay.
0: Right in the middle of a heavy pandemic, yeah. everything was chaotic. So technically it turned... 10 last year, if mm-hmm. you just want to count it. If you want to, if you want yeah, to, and then last 10. year I was underwater, so <laughs> yeah, we're fine right
1: now. <coughs> Great. Um, it's one of the most uh, monumental albums, um, pop albums, um, um, in Nigeria. Thank you. I, I, think you know, um, it's not that revered, even though people kind of respect it. But it, like I was just mentioning before mm-hmm. we started recording, mm-hmm. when you talk about Olu Maintains Maintain Reloaded or Nice's Gongwaso or the Banji's Entertainer or Wandiko's to Mohis, right. This album, right, is I think I believe this album summarizes and it's beautiful how it was released in 2010 because I, I believe it just kind of summarizes everything in 2010. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And is also one of the driving forces, right, for for this whole Afrobeats movement we have now. Yeah. Um, I was having a conversation with LD on Clubhouse mm. and I just got into the room and he was already having a conversation with people, right? And mm-hmm. he said to Serge, what is the one album you think started this whole Afrobeat movement? And I said, it was Mushin to Mohit. And he was like, you see, that's what I've been trying to tell you guys. So I kind of validated that. And I think that's where it started from. And I strongly believe Turning Point was the album that then took it. And everybody started using these albums, Mushin to Mohit, Turning Point, mm-hmm. right? As manuals. Yeah. Right? To deliver pop albums. It was yeah. very simple. Yeah. I need to work with a producer. I need to get banging beats. I need to get the right things to say, right? I need to appeal to a demography and this thing is going to catch fire. Yeah. Right? I was listening to the album again and it is so, you know, it, it is, it is, it's so stitched together, yeah. right? That you think you are listening to a medley. You think you're at the club <laughs> and you're legit listening to a medley or like yeah. a playlist of hits. It was actually
0: cut that way. Yeah. It's, 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 I like, you know what? I've always respected you because you tend to see a lot of things that people don't see. And, and before we go further, I really want to take this opportunity to commend you on this podcast because without your insight to a lot of things over the years, there are a lot of things that would have been in this industry that would have gone unnoticed. Do you understand? Like the work that we put into putting that album together it was literally the thought process. I I hope people still think that deep when they're working on a body of work, but we literally from track one to track 10 and 11 and the bonus tracks, we were like, listen, we have to do this we have to talk about this we have to talk about that we have to touch this area this song has to be about that okay you want to experiment to this genre let's experiment here when we put the album together we wanted it to flow and be a listening experience like a dj mixed it what song would flow into each other like it was a whole process of of, of doing that and i'm happy that you noticed. yeah you know and and it, and it makes me feel feel good because it, it it we tried to give people a very good listening experience
1: Fantastic, fantastic. But before we go into turning point, I want us to go way back. All right. I want us to go way, way back, right? <laughs> and I'm talking about the tribe era. All right. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw you, first time I witnessed you, right, was the Oya video. Okay. I probably wow. Was in, I probably was in SS2, <laughs> right? And I'm listening to it, you know, and, and the song is so, you know, you know what the tribesmen did, yeah. right? They moved music culture from... From Reggae and Raga in the 90s to more pop style, right? Yeah. Blending a lot of American and Western influence. Mm. And when once they, you know, they brought the tribe together and the Oya video dropped, you know, I'm seeing this guy in basketball jersey, and he 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 can dance so well, but he can also rhyme and, and and flow proper.
2: Yeah.
0: Where did that all start from? Um so I think I've always had a very a strong inclination towards music. I mean, from as you said, as a dancer, there's no uh, dancing competition as a kid that I'd know win. In fact, there was a point in time, they would let me compete, but they wouldn't give me the first breath. <laughs> um, so it was always in me. And then obviously growing up downstairs in, my, in the flat that we used to live, there was a guy Uncle Henry, DJ Mannix, and he had like um tower records, 12 inch and uh Arumirea, and Opebi. Uh, yeah. And he was a DJ, so he always used to play like I remember my first rapper I ever went was Will Smith Summertime. Do you know what I mean? Like he he would play that thing over time. We'll be bringing out paper, pen, writing the lyrics, rapping, you know. Then um uh what's his name? Uh hip Hip-hop was, you know, he started with yeah. rhyme books. Yeah, like rhymes. lyric books. That's, I, what, I, I, that's, that's yeah, I ain't no much. Just that the lyrics. Just the lyrics. So we I we used to lyrics, used to rap, and it was it was hip hop then. You know, we were really heavy into the hip-hop culture as the young youth. Most of our parents were into reggae, raga yeah. but we were really and rapping was my thing. So when I got to um I started doing um, I was dancing as a in a group called Rock Force University. And then we met Trisman at an event, and they're like, oh, we need backup dancers, someone to Hampshire. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll do it. So i was searching shuttling legacy battle, doing that whole stuff. And then ah, you know those D L D BQ for, for Zolo, ah, just a C D M D boss, bust rhyme, left, right, and center. I say ah, what's going on here now? I can I can do this. You know, but then the talent. In you know, like at that point in time with LD, KB, Freestyle, Two Shots, two, two Ply. Um Le Couché, you know, Blaze. These yeah. people were Sasha. spitting bars. Such wasn't there at that point in time. People okay. were spitting bars. I was like, ah, you know, it was actually intimidating. So I went and I wrote I spent like six months perfecting one verse. <laughs> you know, you just have that 16 bar that you know that Anyway, you wrap this That's one, the one shot I that, that one. Uh, yeah. they will respect it. So I did it. In a room, it was me, LD, Sound Sultan, I think Le Couchet was there. KB was there as well. So they were freestyling in the room. KB was dancing. me, you know, go rap, rap some, now rap some. No, no, say, I'd wait (laughs) like a hawk, ready to pounce on his prey. See, when I dropped that 16, KB first boss laugh, I remember. First boss laugh, stupid boy. But then LD was like, oh, did you write that? I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. If you can write that and you delivered it the way you did, then there's there's potential. So he started allowing me coming to the studio. I was no longer a backup dancer. I was now aspiring artist. Yeah. You know, and then they did the song Work It. Yeah. <sighs> That's a record. Came back from school to Lagos, just said work it. I said, Hello, hello, hello. What's going on here? So we now said, okay, let's do work it part two. With the people that weren't on the original work it yeah. tracks. So I think the original was Dell, Sasha, Two Too Shots. Short. LD, LD, yeah. And somebody else, I can't remember. Then we now said, okay, let's do. Timmy was on Work It as well. Yeah. We now said, okay, let's do Work It Part 2. Okay, those of you people have done your own, no, we will now, the second part of the tribe wants do our own. That's how we started working on the song. And it turned out to be, Oya. Oh yeah.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Nobody agreed to say, ah, I'm on Work It. I'm not going to be on this track. So everybody that was on Work It ended up being on. Oh yeah. That's why if you look at the there like that ten people on that track, yeah. you get I think it's like what five, six minutes long. It's still to <laughs> today. The
1: record was released in two thousand yeah. and two. Yeah. still to today, it's probably the biggest posse cut Yeah. And the most influential posse cuts. Yeah. Till and, today.
0: and then we got Ion Ayo, Ayo Shonaya, our seventy, who had just come into Nigeria and he was also looking to do stuff. And that video was literally probably one of the first videos that made it onto MTV base when they came to Nigeria. Even before the P Squares, and that's one yeah. of the first videos that they selected, because it was like the crew, the tribals, you know, and that that feeling, something that like you can't buy,
3: yeah,
0: and that just constantly inspired me to keep working and keep keep getting better.
1: How much did Sound Sultan play, you know, in the early stages of your career?
0: Wow, Um Mr. Fassasi, let's <sighs> okay. not, yeah, let's not even, you know. In that room that day, he, when everybody was saying, rap something, rap something, he said it from a sincere point that, listen, guy, there was encouragement to do it. And when I did this and I felt like, oh, he constantly encouraged me. And because we we're touring a lot and, you know, Sam time was, you know, Jabba that here was on almost every single show that the tribesmen were yeah, on. Yeah. We kept meeting and he kept giving me different forms of encouragement all the time. And because, you know, he was, we're all in the same thing. School, we're all educated, you know, trying to do this music thing at the same time. And there was a, there was a little bit of a rift between the guys that were in school and the guys that were on the streets. Yeah. It was like, yeah, people are not really from the streets, but, yeah. you know, we, we, we kind of are, you know. Yeah. You know but, and, but, but Sultan, man, his energy, he was also a dancer as well. Do you understand? Like Sultan was like me. But he had already gone there, so like I was like, I'm gonna follow this guy. His 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 writing was unbelievable, and you always inspire. I don't know if you do. I'm trying like this, trying like this, trying like this, trying like that. So I, when he passed, it was I. I'm not I don't I don't handle death very well. I tend to go into my shell. I'm not very expressive, but it was very painful because when I when I spoke to him last, I was like, Are you okay? Yeah, you know. And the next thing you just hear say, say, I had to shake my phone like maybe they, you know he shake the iPhone it's fault or something. Yeah. But um, I'll never downplay the role he played in Doctor Sid becoming who he is today. I, I can never do that. I'll never forget. And I don't care if 20 years from now nobody remembers, but he has left a lasting legacy to me.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's all that's important to me.
1: That's dope. That's dope. So we all know Dr. Sid now. Oya drops. We see this guy, you mm-hmm. know, solid verse. He's dancing. He's also in the video, Sasha's a Joe video, yeah. and he does, like, one of the greatest <laughs> Harlem shakes ever. If you guys are listening, you guys can pause and go on YouTube and watch what? the video. And Sid gives the best Harlem
0: shake ah! with the dust off. <laughs> you remember with the dust <laughs> off? With the dust it was, off. It was... It was too good. It was too Bro, good. I yeah. literally just came from me bad on that day. Because I was, you know, was shuttling school, med school. Yeah. And I literally came from I said, like, ah, Sasha has seen a video in Nikohe in Gerard. I just went there. The class where I take, come off a bus. Now I just say, oh, I'm forget who get face cap. But that song also in itself really put Sasha on the map. It was, it was her debut. It was yeah. her first video, first yeah. single, you know. And it was like, and, you know, Tribe was, a, was pretty much the template for all crews and all record labels, right now, you get before us, there was nothing like that that I know of. Mm-hmm. You know, and after that, you know, from More Hits to Maven, DMW, YBNL, you know, yeah. the, the precursor was was a tribe. If I tell you the things that we'd even, the, oh, man, we don't have enough time on this podcast. I know. Alaba, the hope, yeah. the LD started that. Yeah. You it know, was, so it
1: was with the, the big picture. That was the first yeah. album
0: that was officially pirated. No, it was Plenty Nonsense.
1: It was Plenty Nonsense.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it was the first... Plenty episode. Nonsense was the... F- f- Tribesman, that was first... Because I was like, ah, I want to release an album. Wow, we, these people are pricing. Go meet the guy, let him do it and, for and, you officially. And then score the deal. And that... It, and that became that, the template that for became the template I mean, for that. Decades yeah. 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 You know, so... So, I, I mean, I've been blessed to be part of a lot of iconic moments in the Nigerian music industry. And, you know, sometimes people say, you don't, you're not recognized. I don't really care. What's important to me is that I know. And when I work with the artists that I'm working with now, developing my future, I make them understand the, the, the importance of where we're coming from. If there's a generation that doesn't get it, they need to understand where we're coming from. Because if you understand where you're coming from, you have a clear picture of what you're standing on. And when you understand where you're standing, on, you know how to walk and how to move, and your steps will go longer, than people who don't even understand whether they are on rocky terrain or sand.
1: Yeah. Facts, facts. So the tribe, tribesmen split, right? <laughs> Trashmen. <Tragic. Transmen, laughs> how did Jesse say the transmen break up? And, and like, Every day we, I wake up, somebody <laughs> got somebody a problem with it.
0: <laughs> you know, so That's the, actually more his life, but yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> you know, so tribesmen, tribesmen split. Mm-hmm. LD, you know, leaves for the US. And it it, it just looks like, you know, every artist is now fully focused on their, you know, solo projects. Two Shots has to finish the album. So he goes to meet Big Low to Mm. finish the second half of the album. Sasha gets signed a few years to Storm Storm Records. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everybody's just doing their thing, right? And we all know Dr. Seed was meant
0: to drop the prognosis. Yes.
1: Right? Which is still an unreleased
0: project. I I have it too. Was it ever recorded? It was finished. I still have it. Who produced it? So um a lot of the stuff it was it was a, whole, a lot of people. So I had Cash Eleven. Wow. I had Big Low. I had um Icon. Wow. And Lynx. I had Don Jazzy on there as well. Um so at that point in time, once the tribe split up, I was literally just moving around moving around uh Joe Kenny.
1: Yeah. Shout out to me,
0: Joe, Joe Kenny, yo. Kenny, yeah. Yo, Joe Kenny. Joe
1: Kenny is like a pastor now on Instagram. Yo. He's just taking pictures with yo. his wife. I'm like, Joe it's Kenny. So,
0: ah. So, I had a lot. So, I was moving around with a lot of different producers and experimenting sound because I think one of my greatest strengths was my versatility. I could, uh, greatest strengths and greatest weakness at the same time was that I had a lot of versatility. So, I could sound differently on almost every single track, but that also made me lack a specific identity. Yeah. In my opinion, some people say if I hear a voice, I know it anywhere, but I felt like I had so much versatility, I couldn't you hone couldn't down on hone one. down on one sound that you say, This is this is Dr. Sid. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so we worked on a lot of I actually finished the album was finished just before I joined Mo Hits. Hmm. And it was a question of are you really singing? Actually, at work every single day. Wow. I'm telling you, finished tracklist. In fact, maybe we should just drop it. Are you, are you going to drop the program? Maybe we should just drop it on Audio Mac for Kicks.
1: Honestly. Or
0: something. Just, you know, everybody listen to what it would have been like yeah. 20 odd years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. For you. Yeah. We'll call the, prog- it a, the prognosis. We'll call it an Osage project. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just throw it back. I had Rugged Man. I had plenty of people on that thing. Wow. Know. Ah. Two nights. That's wonderful. Wow.
1: Dope, dope, Memories. dope. So, the next time, as you know, a listener, as a big fan of you know, Nigerian music, I get to see you on TV. You know, this is when LD LD even comes back and drops, you know,
0: um, uh, African American,
1: no, the 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 Return of the King, the
0: Return of the King, yeah, you know,
1: and drops the Return of the King, you know, dope as album, ha. as I'm leaving and everything. Mm. And but the next time I see you, right, is in Nato you should know my P video,
2: right? This guy and, and, I've done and I'm like. Vocal.
1: <laughs> you know, so there's there's Jazzy there. The Mohits, you know, because the Mohits mm. were trying to get signed to Storm Records at that they, time. They, yeah, you know, they had just come down, and I and I know the backstory that you were very essential in breaking um um the Don Jazzy and the band here yeah. because, like you said, you were an all-around guy. You could do music, you could break downs, yeah. but you even started doing music plugins and PR. Yeah.
0: Right? So I mean, we we had a I mean, the story is is, is, is very simple. When when I was in. The uk as dr sid touring and doing all my don't stop and all that stuff yeah. um we met in london the band don jazzy through dj abbas and obviously i uh shonaya and don jazzy great guy was with big brothers at the time jjc skills so we, we had a connection i think don jazzy even worked on one of the records who am i that made it onto the big picture album wow that came out no, it was no, actually Don Jazzy. Well, kind of EP'd it. It was Lawrence. He's a, a younger producer. He was training at the time that did that one. Um, so when they, you know, had their whole falling out to JJ and they came to Nigeria, I was probably the first point of call. I think it's probably spent the first night or second night in Nigeria in my house because I live very closely to the airport. Okay. So we had a long talk. It was like a, it was a very emotional night. You know, it was a lot of, you know, this is what we're trying to do. And I yeah. was like, you know, hey, you guys were there for me. When I was in the UK... It's only right that I'm that I'm here for you now. We can do this, we can build that. So, you know, a lot of initial introductions I did with Cecil Hammond, fly time, yeah at the time, you know, radio plugs, things like that, and it got them on their way. And I'm super proud of the success that they built, you know, off of that. I mean, they're pairing phenomenon, the band, energy, charisma. Don Jazzy super strategies go her and they built that to the point I went off to go back to medical school
2: mm-hmm.
0: to finish and then come back the time I came back our industry don't change you
1: <laughs> that's what always happens right? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. there's TV now everybody wants to be a musician what? you know it's more relaxed the parents are chilled now you know people actually respect musicians yeah now.
0: So I'm like, okay. So we the the movie. I think the first video, I don't know if you know this, first video that I actually was on probably before Nero C was the band video. is Tongolo.
1: So,
0: Tongolo video. Yeah. Damn. So there's a the band brushing off my shoulder moment in one of the aerial shots. I have to go watch it. Yeah. So, you know, he was like, ah, you're the only cameo in my first video. <laughs> you know, because at the time that's how, that's how close we were. Yeah. And then obviously we started, I said, like, look, at the point I'm, I said, look, okay, fine. Look, boys, this was happening.
1: Did you pitch to them?
0: To join more hits? Yeah. Yes, I did. <clears throat> I okay, did. Right. I said, look, this is what's happening right now. You guys have come through. You're obviously doing way more than I am. I have value to add two more hits other than just being an artist and stuff. Let's roll together. Let's do this. Let's build. You get so and the band was like great, but we had to go out and beg Jazzy. <laughs> was Jazzy no greed I yeah. I use Jazzy. But yeah, we the band actually and I went to pitch. I said the band was even the one that said, let's not call you SID, because if Tribe was S I D, ah, you be doctor now. Uh uh-uh. uh the doctor Seed. that's yeah okay now that's where the doctor Sid wow. rebranding to Dr Sid came from, so shout out to the band for that and and yeah that's that was that was the beginning and then obviously at the point in time we were working on the band's project and then I think we had started on one the project yeah
1: the fun project, then you did the c v project yeah
0: so I started one the Coast project, and then it was like yo we needed to we had people so John Jazz, like, look people day
2: hmm.
0: when the Code doctor Seed day the prince case which we can't just do individual projects let's um let's try and do, do a a crew project yeah and see who shines and then build a calendar from that fantastic but in the process of making the cv project it was geared towards showcasing Wendy Cole as up next yeah so he was on every single song yeah. had a lot of a yeah. prominent roles so that gave him a soft landing to Motion to more hits, yeah, which is I'm always with, with a scheme, shall goddamn
1: no. So, you could, <clears throat> you could tell, right? So, there was a popular saying if you discussed music around that time, right, and you discussed about this person, you discussed about Two Faced, whatever, right? Mm. We always ended the conversation with. Well, last last, Namu is carry first. <laughs> that was that was always how you know the conversations yeah. ended up because it was too powerful, yeah. right? And then CV drops. I heard it threw you guys in one hotel and locked you guys for days.
0: We rented days, yo. We rented a we rented two five bedroom houses in a in a mini estate in Abuja for two months. So we literally cooked the album for like a month and a half. And then spend the rest of that listening, mixing, mastering. mastering, like, and then we'd go to. I remember it was Aristotle in Abuja with Takova. Every time we mix, we go there and test it in the club. Okay, don't just we listen. I we don't like the kick. Go back and change it again. So we literally cooked. Ah, we cooked the album. cook and well. Shout out to V.C. Perez, who was our engineer on that, Shout out to
1: VC Perez.
0: On that project as well. You know, and he was really instrumental in the Why Me remix. Yeah. yeah. Oh, more? Things don't go down, oh. yeah. <laughs> and so And so it starts to build from there. Yeah. And you
1: can see that Mohit is systemically putting out their artists. It's almost like a timetable, right? Yeah. So the band drops two albums, yeah. you know, Long Long Thing, then drops the Funk You Up album, then the CV album drops. Yeah. Everybody's introduced, yeah. Yeah, right? Then Jazzy comes back and does, I mean, the band comes back and does the, the entertainer album, yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's more hits, um pushing Cole, then it's Turning Point. This is
0: like, you know, as you mentioned this thing, I'm actually remembering stuff. We had actually finished Mushi to Mohits before Entertainer. No way. Yeah. Come on. <clears throat> yeah, we had finished Mushi to Mohits before Entertainer. Wandico also come out just after this thing. And then Jazzy was like, yo, the band needs new music because we were, so
1: the album was ready. It was
0: done. Done. <laughs> the band needs new music because the Rundown Fun Care project was like it don't taste small. Yeah. And obviously that's the that's our check. Yeah. That's the guy bringing in the bar. So we had to pause Moshitomo Hits, finish the entertainer, put that out and then come back to Moshitimo Hits.
1: And in all this process, right, because you started out as a rapper, right? Yeah. You've been writing bars. The prognosis yeah. is a hip-hop album. Yeah. How did that transition happen for you, you know, mm. moving to, okay, I'm writing bars to I'm writing music that really connects to the audience. And that's like a lot of pop music. Yeah. Most of this is actually going to even do with love and do with sex or relationships.
0: A lot of love and sex. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Jazzy has always had his, you know reservations about hip hop, about rap. It wasn't necessarily a popular genre
1: yeah.
0: in Nigeria. Rappers weren't really your A-list artists or selling out shows. It was, you, you know, in it, Tribe era was like that, and then there was a great shift to the um plantation boys yeah. and the P Squares, yeah. and that just became Pop the popular sound for yeah. for Nigeria. So he had always said, "Listen, Sid, I don't want you to come out and not." Not
1: gotta kill e- it. G-
0: gotta kill it. So we now, when we did, mush into more hits. Just before we put it out, we did. Um, we did know there was a CV Reloaded album.
1: The CV Reloaded album. Yes.
0: Hmm. So CV came out. Yeah. Entertainer came out. Yeah. Then there was a CV Reloaded album that came out just around the time of Wandy Cole's album, which had two extra tracks. Ten, <clears> ten. <throat> 1010 and On My Grind.
1: Oh, my God. I'm On My Grind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, On My Grind, I was rapping. Yeah. Fully.
1: On My Grind was a rap record. It was a rap record. The Prince was <clears throat> rapping, you were yeah. rapping, yeah.
0: But 1010 was the first time that I actually did a sing rap. So, I did half of the verse rapping, half of the verse singing. Yeah. And then, and it's so funny, we recorded the songs without jazzing. Wow. So, it was 1010, On My Grind, was Dr. Sid, The Prince, call Kiss, which literally entering the studio and just saying no password <laughs> you know and, and we did it on different beats and then jazzy came and now we did the beats i think on oh, my grand was nas and did it was a track i can't remember what it is
1: wow i can't
0: remember what track it was but i don't know i don't to sample take you down um so jazzy heard and i was like ah okay you can actually sing Oh, great. But no, <clears> no, there's no, something no. there. How about forget? <laughs> Not great, but there's something there.
4: i no, no, no,
1: no, that, was that, was I say, that you know the, the people that are
0: around me. Ah, when they couldn't really let people rest? So um, when we now started working on my project, he was yeah. like, listen, I want you to do more singing. I was like, Bob, I have to rap because, you know, my core mm-hmm. fans are huge fans.
4: <laughs> 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 so,
0: you know, my core fans are hip hop heads. You yeah, know, yeah. that's, that's it. a hip hop head, that's what he said, bro. From. Do you want to make money or do you want to rap? Which one? Because you need to let me know. That's okay, fine. Let's let's let do a balance. I'll sing as much as I can, but I need to drop in one or two mm-hmm. bars in there. So if you listen to most of the songs on the Turning Point album, start of singing, start of singing, and you just throw one, yeah. one rap verse, yeah. one rap verse in there. So I think. The first song we probably did on an album was Something About You. And at the time, because I didn't really understand melodies and stuff, we would write lyrics and then Jazzy would do a melody and sing it fully. And I'll say, okay, these are sang it. Go and reproduce. Yeah. You get. So I'm going to steal. I learned how to mimic. So a lot of times people say I sound like LD. Oh, I sound like Jazzy. I
1: I, I see the LD in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I would mimic, and LD was obviously the first person that I saw singing, especially on that Return to the King album. Yeah. He did quite a bit of singing, and LD did. LD sing for an right? Okay? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it was a lot of mimicking. Okay. Sing like this. Jazzy will say something about you. Something about you. Something about you, girl. I say something about. He said no. Something, <laughs> something. 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 I, so yeah, I'm like, I'm hearing, I'm hearing something different. What, you, what is it? Something, something, something. So it was a it was a long process. And I and I learned at that point in time that it's not just about having a great voice. You get, I don't think I have a great voice personally, but I know that I can deliver music in my comfort zone that's appealing to people. Yeah. And Jazzy was one of those producers that understood how to get you out of your comfort zone, but into a new space that was commercially viable. And that's what we did on that project.
1: Let's listen to something about you.
0: Gucci. There's something
2: about you something about you something about you girl. There's something about you something about you something about you.
3: For well, the way you walk, I know there's something about you, girl. You drive me wild, and that's why I know there's something about you, girl. There's something about you, something about you, something about you, girl. So tell me, baby, not with teammate. Me you know you never do without your loving, baby. To take me away from you, nigga, try. It. But they never ever know the reason why. You make me nicole, you make me shy.
0: funny because listening to the song right now, is like being part of that, the creative process of the music. I, Jassy had a way of making you understand how to appreciate every single instrument. Yeah. So, you know, you'd hear the bass. Every single, the drum, the kick, the snare. That also helped me appreciate the music more, but it also changed the way that I perform. Because when I'm performing... I move my body and different parts of me to different sounds yeah. in the song. Like I'm playing the beat in my head and I'm hearing the... A, and that's, that's where you're That's what I'm moving to at to, a particular point in time. And it sort of set my stage performance apart from everyone else. Because I think mm-hmm. if there's one thing that the whole world that knows Dr. Sid will confirm is that on stage I'm a beast. And I don't compromise on that. That is my happy place... But being able to appreciate the music on such a molecular level changed the way I I um, interpreted it on stage. So that ha- and having that training and developing in in music that way, I'm so grateful for it because when I listen to music now, what I when I when I want to hail some producers. I'm listening to the, there's some nuances, there's some instruments that you just drop in there. If it's one snare, one one clink somewhere that just gives the whole song a different dynamic. But the layman will just hear vibes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what, you know, and that just, it, I, like, I'm so happy about my training and I'm super excited about passing that knowledge on to, to a new generation of artists that I'm developing. Yeah. Because I think if they can get that, it'll set them apart from everyone. Cause everybody can sing, everybody can dance. What makes you different? What makes you different? How do you, how do you see it? How do you visualize it? Like some people say, I see music in colors. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you see it, what kind of tapestry are you seeing? Is it a painting? Is it a Mozart? It's, is it, does it make you want to move in one particular way? You, get, you don't have to be the best dancer. Rhythm is important. But what are you moving to? You know? And, just appreciating the sounds that going on. I was telling everybody over the moon has four or five instruments or less, yeah, maybe three apart from the percussions, there's like uh, there's no line on that track
2: we'll
1: go we'll go in there okay I wanted to ask like mm-hmm. building up when was when did you have the conversation about you know your own album once motion to Mohi dropped. You know, why why wasn't there a conversation of okay, let's re-up another one day album? Why was it, you know, was the timetable already set in motion?
2: Hmm. I
0: I think this is my own opinion, this yeah. is not 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 fact-checked or whatever. I think Jazzy felt he owed me. And when one day was coming out, so the way we released music was oh, one day released three singles. And then I think he put out an album.
1: Yeah, it's always a three.
0: It was a so formula. Doctor said so. It was now like, okay, who's next? I think they released me and the Prince at the same time.
1: Yeah, so he gave. So and the I think Prince he gave did Chikusev. Yeah, so the, the Prince did that. If you come to think about it, right? Mohit did have a formula because yeah. it was the three pack. Right. Yeah. So the prince had um I like what you see, see um um omoba, omoba and um win No, no, no no, no which, um who's for my Uze, body who yeah, was yeah, three three, pack.
0: so three pack I had yeah. um something about you uh Pop's champagne yeah. and Win Chi winchi. Yeah and then Ik came out later. Yeah Ikechi Ikechi came out, came out later. the prince and I came out at the same yeah. time um and it was like three pack. Let's see how it goes and then we'll put an our... Obviously, Doxy was was always come out first because uh-huh. I, I hope will of them then because <laughs> make away from you. <laughs> um but yeah, we always knew that I was gonna come out. We're supposed to the album was supposed to come out in December of 2009. But um I think we're touring and stuff, and we didn't finish the mixing and mastering till about maybe February. And then we shot the pop-something video that we now yeah. put out the album. In, was there in any April.
1: was there any pressure though? What was your debut? <sighs> You had shelved the other so, debut, you know.
0: True confessions. Yeah. I felt slighted chah. Uh, How? Why? So there was a there was a build-up to Andy Cole's release. Yeah, everybody saw it come. Yeah. There was a build-up to Andy Cole's release and there was a fanfare. There was a concert. There was yeah. a a hotel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was a, there was a I didn't get that. You know, so. I felt a little bit.
1: Do you you feel like the label at the time said, you know what, let's just, this is 50-50. You know that kind of thing that happened with Kanye and Rockefeller when he dropped the first album? Let's just test it. We're not too sure, but let's see.
0: I don't know, but for me, it was, you know, (sighs) what I've also learned is that, yes, they're scared. You're you're afraid. I have artists that I'm not 100% sure about. Like when I put out something, it's okay, let's just see how it goes. What I've also learned, and this is, Taking out a page from the 48 laws of power is when you do something, you do it with audacity. People will take you as you present yourself. So if you come in as a riffraff dress, whatever, hey, he's a bum until you prove me otherwise. But if I come in and I give you the impression that this is the hottest thing on the planet, you take it at face value first before you form your own opinion. So the presentation of something is important. Just think about anything in life. If I give you a gift wrapped in a nice bowl, it's a gift, it's exciting, you're excited about it. You might open it and it matches. You get, or it's a mobile phone. But before you open that gift, you built up an emotion and music is emotional. It's everything we do in this entertainment industry is about controlling the emotions. I want to make you happy. I want to make you sad. I want to make you excited. So I think now looking back, it's a learning experience from me. So I know how to handle my artists.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You understand? But at the time I was like, ah, why now? Where am I? Where am I a co-hotel show now? Mm. What's happening? And then you start to feel, well, maybe they don't value you as much as they do when they cope, but then that will now show over time. Yeah. Yeah, it's the band, Sanjazi, Juanico, and the rest. But then, that's what the public is seeing, but that's also what you're putting out there. Yeah. If you put out, but then every single show, Dr. Sid will open because Dr. Sid is the only person who can handle that crowd yeah. and get the energy yeah. to that level. But then, that opening self, gets your own negative. Yeah, because you're yeah, yeah, the, the first person on stage. Because you're yeah, the <laughs> first person on stage. <laughs> yeah. And when they hyped all reach... Yeah. Yeah, just doing booty call, booty call and yeah. close to you, but there's nobody seeing you in your in your element. So I've had a very interesting career that if I wasn't, didn't have such a positive outlook on things and understanding the lessons that I was learning at that point in time, I'd be very bitter.
1: Talking about presentations, right? Mm-hmm. What do we start an album, though? <laughs> what do we start an album? You can never be me.
3: on the dancing floor when the song comes on you can can. can never beat me on the dancing floor when the song Same floor when the song comes on.
1: the song comes on right what a way to start an album right it it, it sort of set the tone for the whole album you knew what to expect because it was party like I said right now if you listen when I listen to this album again it sounds like a playlist it sounds like I went to a party and they're just giving me Nigerian jams that's how the whole album sounds and even previous albums weren't written like that the storytelling was was very different yeah was this purposefully done or was it you know what I'm just going to load you guys with Hits and hits and hits because you didn't even know they were hits, right? Yeah,
0: so you know, I mean, in, in the, the record label was aptly named Mo Hits because, in Jazzy's opinion, he didn't believe in an album being one or two singles and then the rest just fillers. Jazzy's idea for creating an album or a body of work was that every single song was a potential hit, like a potential number one, a potential single. So, badassy bad if a 10 track album, five. Good day, all right. fifty, fifty. all right. It means you have you have songs to perform your performance catalog is in, is increasing um, um work by uh, work by work. But with this one, we literally wanted to express me and the different sides of me. So my we had done this is funny the last song we recorded on the album. Wow, we had done a lot of songs. We had done Bammy Joe, which was representing the dance side of Dr. Sid. But we wanted to really, really hammer down on. The fact that this guy is an entertainer and this guy is, is somebody who says you can never beat me on the, on the dance floor when the song comes on, like you can't, you can't do it. It just, it just is what it is. Which Any, references your dancing? Uh, yes,
1: which references your dancing, Anyone. your dancing. Roots? And
0: also that this song, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because the album is a turning point on a lot of levels. Turning point from me being a rapper to a singer. Turning point from me being a dancer to a full time artists turning point from you know uh tribe to more hits turning points from literally saying you know what now we're full-time into this music thing there's, yeah. no, there's no turning back you know and we try to embody a lot of that into into the creative process so that when song comes on was this you know Namibia, this because that's how it looks and to getting it they dance, you yeah. need to let the people know and then give that energy to the album so by the time you get to over the moon winchy, winchy, you're, ah, I'm on.
1: You're fully into it. <laughs> ah, I see, it. you are you are in there. <laughs> it's a club experience. Yeah. Talking about the lyrics, how were you, were you writing to the beat? Were you just writing and saying, okay, I'm done with this song, listen to it, then produce the beat? How, what was that process like?
0: So I, I I definitely, on this project, it was always beat first. So we created the music, created energy, created the vibe, and then wrote to it. And then it was whatever came to us at the time, or we would literally engineer a topic or a vibe and say, okay, we want to talk about this. And then what's the best way we can talk about it? How do we make it also relatable at the same time? Like even when you say, you can never beat me on the dance floor, it was a song that was about me, but anybody could sing it and say, you can't beat me on the dancing floor yeah. when the song comes on. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm flying over the moon. You know what I'm saying? All the winchy winchy can't stop. Oh, I love, you know, there was just they were
1: almost personalized, yes. Right? You could sing it from your perspective and, Ex- and, and
0: see it exactly.
1: What one thing I also knew, you know, coming up as a blogger, music blogger, learning about Mohit at the Mohit Mansion, Mm. you know, what a mansion. Yes, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That Um,
0: year it was a mansion with like six bedrooms. No, that year. So you know how the media worked. We didn't have access to the attic, I think it was a dead body up there. (laughs) Just, just kidding. (laughs) You know, you know, and you know how media
1: was, right? There was, there was social media didn't exist. Didn't exist. So when you said the Mohit Mansion. We all thought it was a fucking mansion. Like, yeah, yeah, like, it was, know, in- and, and yeah, <laughs> uh, the band had done the the cocoa, the cocoa mansion, all that stuff. Yeah, and like,
0: oh, I'm going, you know, and if one of your friends was privileged to go to the Mohit mansion. He also won't come back and tell yeah, you that you. it wasn't it. A- no, because even the way the house was set up, I think at that point in time it was a six bedroom. We we're, were renting a six bedroom house, but the, we didn't have access to like the, at, there was a rooftop that we didn't yeah. have access to. So was like five bedrooms. But it was huge. It was big at the time. Yeah, you get and the way we were all in there. We had the studio set up. The living room was huge. If you made it to the first floor, you are in house because everybody in the parlor downstairs. The parlor downstairs was the whole building, okay. like the whole stretch of. So the parlor was huge. huge. You guys always be there chilling. And if you made it upstairs to the upstairs parlor, ah. Uh-uh, you yeah, you're yeah, yeah, welcome. <laughs> and that's when you can even get to the studio first, you know. So, so it, it, I mean, and and the vibe and the energy and the camaraderie that we had was very important in each of in each of. It. Even though there were little risks here and there, like I don't, the prince and I didn't really see eye to eye on a lot, a lot of things for a very long time. Wow, you know that personally, we feel it bugs each other. But when it came to the music, yeah, and the stage, we had a way of putting that aside and knowing that you no. Know, this is for the this is for the crew. This is this stuff has to be done. You know, and I will say this from now to the day that I die. The prince is actually one of the most talented creators that I know.
1: I argue this thing all Musical. the time. Musically. I'll tell you, right? The prince would always give you like I can't name ten records. Yo. You, you you listen to Rema today, right? You yeah. listen to Bad Commando. The first time I heard Bad Commando Rema, I'm like, no, this is the prince now. Yeah. Bad Commando. See,
0: The prince is and that's why I'm saying his influence on his artists. Yeah shows and you can tell the I like to call it cooking has cooked them and they understand they trust the process you get. I hear him in almost every single one of their records to the point that even when they're recording alone when he's not there, there's a there's a spirit that comes in. That delivers hits, Prince always. Ah, Prince's cat, his catalog is bloody. Old. Is is,
1: is, is, crazy. Ah, is crazy. and people and, he, and I, I think, I think
0: now too. people are respecting him because yeah. of what he's done with Rema yeah. and 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 Ruga. But before that, the Prince, his ear for music, his understanding of Lamba street talk. Yeah, ah, no, 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 no.
1: His writing. On to I don't
0: know anybody else. Maybe yeah. apart from maybe a Wandyco, but the Prince, eh, Prince bad.
1: So that creative process, right? You know, so a lot of artists like to pride themselves. Oh, I'm the only one in the studio. Oh, I wrote everything myself. And we've, you know, gone to see that even artists in the West, right? Mm -hmm. The better the music is, you find out that, oh, there was more than one person in the studio. There were more people in the studio. Even if one person was primarily the chief architect of the song. But there was everybody helping out in creating something. How was that process like for you when you were creating um Turning Point
0: um no like like I said every time we worked in Mohits, it was a village we literally everyone I, I mean I wrote a bunch of songs on Waniko, you bad but but I was in there and all those all yeah those, everybody, everybody helped everybody yeah, helped around you Waniko know, yeah. and I spent a lot of time together so I was heavy on a lot of his on the projects on 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 Bushi to ah, man. Let's not even go there. But you know, at, you know, at that time writing credit was not writing but, credit was not something thing? that you look for, but because we were building a community. We knew that every if this song made it out of this house, we've scrutinized it, we've done devil's advocates, we've chopped, we've cut everything out and made it lean muscle. You get and that was the process, same thing on on my project. Although on my project, I think uh, the prince was touring at the same time. He was pushing his stuff. Wandycoo was out, so we we didn't have as many people in there. It was mostly myself, Don Jazzy, my brother Andrew. Wandeko would come in as well because it was only the future the Prince would come in. But the core of that process was me, myself, Don Jazzy, um, and my brother Andrew, and then Wandycoo was was in. was in that process as well. So, but um, I think before anything came out, everybody had to hear it. I'm like, no. That mm-hmm. line no makes sense. Okay, this one don't makes Changes, sense. Okay, this one makes sense. Out. Yeah. So we had that check mechanism that made sure that whatever came out, before person go fall time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you go try.
1: How did you get Tiwa Savage in the over the moon video?
0: Ah, <laughs> I was gonna say I was toasting that I am, but that, that's not it. Um Tiwa had she had just come in. She had done Kele Kele Love. Yeah. And I just thought the girl was hot. And I wanted to, I felt there was an opportunity. I, I, for, brought,
1: I burnt my T-shirt watching the Kele yeah. Kele video.
0: <laughs> yeah, I probably burnt some other things too. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I, we, we, we had fast become friends. Yeah. And I felt like if I had an opportunity to give her a shot, a, a, a shot and exposure, but also she was the hottest thing Coming out of that female coming out of that different, point in time. Was, new, it was, it was different, was new, was fresh. I thought she would add a different vibe to the video. So it was a very symbiotic relationship on 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 that video. Um, she brought freshness and also this. New artists that just coming and busting through the scene, and she's in this video. It's funny, a lot of people don't know it was that. I'm just wondering why you would not know this. But, um, but yeah, we, I felt that she would have a chance to show, to get more visibility, and also bring something fresh to the video for me. So it was a very symbiotic relationship. So I'm happy I did that because we, we grew as friends and we bonded a lot on that video, and our friendship still lasts till today. Would you say
1: Over the Moon is your biggest record?
0: Ha! The jury is out on that one.
1: I mean, so, okay, okay, let's <laughs>
0: let's 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 keep it to the album. To the because, album, because I, if I throw in Sue so, Larry then everything just no. Comes but you out. see, pop something is also crazy because pop something is my definite show closer until today. That song, the Scatter Club. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I think I've been blessed, like I really have, you know. And I tell people, I said, if some over the moon pop champagne. And something about and Sue and is my legacy. Bro, I'm better off than a million artists. Because there's a difference between the hit songs of today. They, they, they fade fast. Yeah. My songs, ah, I'm on But um on that project, hmm, I would say over the moon, because Maybe not everyone that likes Over the Moon mm-hmm. likes Pop Something.
1: Yeah, Pop Something is more... You would have a certain class of people yeah, that like Pop Something. but
0: everybody likes Pop Something likes, likes Over the, over the, the Moon. Moon so, so, in that case...
1: You know what's crazy about Over the Moon? You don't even start the first verse.
0: Yup. It's crazy, right? Yup.
1: <laughs> How did it happen? In case we just say, you know what, Sid, I'm taking the first verse on right No, so,
0: you know, obviously, we always try to strategize. And at the end of the day, it was about... K-Switch was in school most of the time, so he didn't Ghana. have as much exposure. A lot of people don't know that K-Switch was actually the one on booty call, in the, but the band did his version. Yeah, the people, people don't know. People don't know, that yeah, like, yeah. ring, ring, booty yeah. call. On That's the K-Switch. That. That's K-Switch, but in the video, it was the band. True. He couldn't make it because uh, of school. So, you know, by the time we said, okay, one day was out, Dr. Sid and, and the Prince are out, Dr. is working on his project, Prince to be working on this project, but Case we needed um, visibility as well. So you already he needed, warming up. You're already yeah, warming so up the he next needed guy. to be able to come. So I was like, "Yo," and Case suites ragged. Rag, I had, ah, man, he's ragged. At that point in time, was only different. He started building, So I was like, oh, "Let's let's let's do this." So I did my verse. Actually, recorded my verse first, and then we recorded his verse. And then when we looked at the, the way the dynamics, so that could put him on the first verse. He gets visibility. People always come on to wait to listen to yeah. to Dr. and verse. Anyway, yeah. So if you put him on the second verse, you might The DJ it. will just. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, and that's and that's how we, we came about it.
1: Alright, man, let's listen to Over the Moon. The way you dance all over me, the way you dance all over me.
4: you like it any time when you swim up the waist And me can't deny the facts And me think about you every night always
2: In our class you're a own
4: Be the lecturer, so me have to give you all this case hey, with doctor, this is you know easy It's dumb bar-ball-j. Some like, some like me nuts, some
3: like me nuts Some like me, some like me, <laughs> some like me when we light it up When me plumb and the fancy drops, you won't make me fly over the moon like astronauts huh? Do you know what you're doing to me The way you have to hold and wipe at me Everything nice and everything comes you already know so one, much, I don't it's looking fly, went fly. Yeah, to Dream says she's a i said so she's the cocoa. I like the wish you wine I make her body roll, body so sexy I lose control. Baby, I can't stop, stop, staring at you when you drop, drop, bringing it back to the top, top, I wanna get off at your bus stop, your bus stop, top notch, body so hot that I must touch, baby I'm liking that hot stuff, hot stuff, girl
2: you know I like the way you look.
0: So we were talking about Wilfred, Yeah. So, so twenty 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 one, I'm chilling in his house, and my phone starts buzzing. I said, "Ah, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this?" I was like, "What? Wilfred and Didi had just won the FA Cup with Leicester City." And he's jamming over the moon in the locker room and Jamie Vardy and Telemans and everybody's going bug. And that video made it onto Sky Sports. Went viral. Went viral. I'm like, yo, what's going on here? Yo, I'm going to get some check. Let me check my check. Let me check my, let me check my downloads. That's it. Money's coming from somewhere. But I felt it was, it was an honor to me because if in 2021, a song that was released in 2010, 11 years later yeah. can still elicit that type of emotion and be, it almost, for me, put it in the likes of we are the champions. My yeah. f- that song is queen. It is a standard for celebration in any sports tournament. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? For Over the Moon to make it into that kind of category, that literally blew my mind. And then, ah, uh, you know what I'm saying? What's that? Remix, remix, remix. I say, ah, you want to touch a classic. Leave it You gotta, it's a <clears throat> classical, you have to be careful. Let me SARS austerity. <laughs> Come here. Come on, do remix for us. What's the
1: science behind making evergreen records like this, like this album?
0: Um, like I don't know if you like I said, we were more interested in the emotion that the songs brought out. So over the moon was the simplest way. You can describe an emotion. I feel like I'm flying over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> literally, yeah. like yeah. that was it. You know, we just said, I, 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 I I feel like I'm flying over the moon. What? Why? Because the way you dance all over me, the way you dance all over me, they make me go away. We have done that part. Of it, I said, okay, we need something that will give this song a bit of balance. Okay, baby, baby, Camaro. But literally, it was just I think just say get one get ready one, to start here. Yeah. I'll never give her the credit. <laughs> yeah, she did me dirty afterwards, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's it. It made you fly over the song. Yeah, and, and that's what I think if you think about it, like even the songs that I've created, even songs like "Pop Champagne." Pain, yeah. it is a feeling when we celebrate... We pop champagne. Champagne is not disappearing from this world anytime soon. They still play that song in the clubs. Yeah. Now. And exactly. people still
1: have the same reaction yes, they
0: had 11 and years ago. costing me money now. <laughs> yeah. Now, they, doctor, you know go pop. I don't know they pop anything. No, they say they're not they pop um. Um, yeah, so so it was literally about like even if you think about a song like something about you. There's something about you, some there's something it's, about you, go. And the lyrics are is. very every, evergreen. Yeah. It's everyday slangs things that people would say, but then it gets you into a spot where you think about it. You feel like, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm playing over them. Like I can play it at any point in time when I feel happy or I feel like I've just achieved something. I think that helped us to create songs that would stand the test of time.
1: And I think because you were like a bit older than the other guys in the team, you kind of created music that appealed to like a wider audience. And not just like, you know, the teens or the guys in their early 20s. I yeah. mean, people in their 40s can sing any record of this album and it appeals to them as yeah, well. No,
0: well. <laughs> now I need to compare the song like it's to the teens because those <laughs> you know teens that are they you know, not change you know that. that yeah, TikTok music, yeah. Um, but, it's, you know, so, and, and it, to be fair, I have to give a lot of credit to Jazzy because they're very intentional about how the songs flowed and the way they went. It was, there was always a, okay, if we don't like this, who was singing? Mm. After how many years? We they would be, they would see, it would literally. We literally went through that thought process. I think it was so funny. People said that our writing was whack. Yeah. At the time, or it was the purists. Yeah. The purists. Because yeah. we we literally were very intentional with lyrics, and there was a lot of thought. Like we were cerebral with lyrics. Like, don't make it too complicated. Make it simple, but pass a strong message and touch somebody in their heart or somewhere else. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dope. And you had a posse cut on this album as well. You had to go back to your hip-hop roots for yes. a minute, yes. right? Yes. You yes. put Ike Chuku, MI, and LD on the record, yeah. Bamiju. Yeah. How was it like? What was the conversation like? Did you reach out to them? You know? It's, How was it also like getting on the record back with LD?
0: So I told LD from the moment I started the record that he had to be on my first album there was no way I was going to release an album and LD wasn't on it. Because if he didn't take that chance on me, I wouldn't be in the studio recording that album. So I said, look, I don't know how you want to do it. I'm going to send you the beats, send your lyrics from America, however you want to do it, mix your voice vocals, send to me, we'll do it. But then at the time, obviously, MI is fire, bro. Yeah, it's 2010. You you can't put out a hip-hop record without Mr. Incredible. Yeah. So it was about getting... MI on there and then Ike Chiku was in house. So you can't say you put LD, icon, you put MI, who is the hottest rapper, then what about your guy that is in your crew now? You will not leave him now. Say MI is the hottest. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. so you just put, so AK Chiku jumped on the record. So I think he was the last person that jumped on the record. But it was very, I told said, listen, I have to do a rap record. I just, yeah. I if you're going to do a rap record, we have to make it commercial. Look. <laughs> you have to be able to dance to this thing. If not, you want to be doing hip-hop like uh, Mode 9. No disrespect, shout-out to Mode, nine. Shout but, out to mode nine. But, 9. But, you know, yeah. at the time, I was like, oh, well, this thing has to be able to bang in the club. So Jazzy had to make that... That beat is
1: hard. But of, I, <laughs> I put it as a, I can put it as a top 10. We can argue and fit... Maybe top 20. Yeah. Easily a top 20 album.
0: Yeah. That, Easily a top 20 album. That beat went hard. <laughs> 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 let's, <laughs> let's, let's let's listen to Bambi Joe
3: Make they get move that and wind up your my independent ladies standing them bottles and Forget if you got eight move that body and wind up your waist. Say me the say you me the All my independent ladies spending that dough, pop them bottles and act like you know. I oh you bad, oh, yeah. water, we getting hotter, yeah. Mr. I am sitting doctor, yeah. and we so fly like helicopter, yeah. and, you and you play tell me, you're probably young, be like I see, like oh. see the pretty girls, we get difficult age. Eh? lady spending that dough them and like
1: you know So pop something Huge yes. record, right? Huge record Huge I don't, I, it's so, I think. I think pop. Something is bigger than over the moon. You know, looking back ah. at it now, pop. Something was a was a movement for at least five years consistently. I mean, they still played in the club now, but from 2010 to 2015, it became a standard for clubbing. Right. So you are at the club at the highest moment. I'm talking 2 a.m. 2:30. Right. Mm. And the DJ then pulls it back, and you hear. As we celebrate, everybody's jumping on the
0: couches. So you see, that's why I said it's a tough tough one to pick because till today, Pop Something is my show closer. So it's definitely biggest. So, so, I don't know, man. I don't know. This accolade, let's just say it's Hop there with a lot of the greats. But um, it definitely was a song that, that song gave me my first endorsement. First ever product placement in a music video. They paid $20,000 Christian Odijay, to have the champagne bottle in the video. That song got me the most amount of free drinks, got me an interview with the BBC UK that basically the song literally increased LVMH's sales of champagne in Africa. Wow. <clears throat> literally, the song revolutionized champagne consumption on the continent. Wow. Like, that's how powerful that song was. I need to find that BBC articles, quite dope. Because it was like, before that song, people drank champagne. But when that song came out, people bought champagne. Like, they would buy champagne by the bucket loads. And the way we did the video to represent that also now spurred-
1: Was a club experience. See, it was fire.
0: Even if that song comes on, fire, the club is lighting up because there's fire, fire, firework everywhere. 20 bottles of champagne, 30 bottles of champagne, people want to show off. And you know, the thing about it was that at the time, we were quite notorious for spending a lot of money on champagne in the club. I wish which is 60, 70, bottles a night.
1: Yeah, Mohill's was wilding. Yeah, Mohill's was wilding. If I calculate that money now, my God. Imagine if you bought crypto then. Guy. Bitcoin.
3: Oh, stop it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but Pop Something is is so big. It's your collaboration with the band as well. You yeah. know, two heavyweights, you yeah. know, on a, on a record. Don Jazzy produced it. Mohits were in the video. It was a typical thing where
0: Mohits bullied a lot of people Whiskey for a long time. Whiskey was in the video. Whiskey was in the video. Yeah, Jesse Jags. MI. People. What? Oracagodis was in that video. Tools was in that video, wow. yo. Ah. Oh, Oh wow, we don't try it.
1: Years later, right? You know, when you look back and, and look at the impact of turning points, you know, mm-hmm. how do you feel?
0: Uh I you know, I'm one of those people that I I'm very grateful about the life that I lived. I've learned to appreciate every single aspect of my life. Like turning points literally put me in the A-list of Nigerian music. Yep. I was doing big shows. I was closing shows. I was traveling the world. I think my first awards ever came from Pop Something and that album which gave me Revelation of the Year, the headies. Yeah. So, and I, remember you I think being, those are my only two headies. I, I,
1: I remember you being on stage that day, you know, and saying this is like the first
0: award I've ever gotten Yeah. And it was so emotional yeah, for you oh and everybody God. clapped. In my blue shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was like, you know, being, being in the game for as long as I have from being a backup dancer to, to getting on stage and then getting to that point where you have a song that is like, everybody's going crazy about. It's unreal, you know, and you, you never forget that. And that album set the tone for everything that I did after, you know, even all the way up to Suri Liri, the last songs I've recorded. Yeah, there's still elements of that. And, you know, it, it, the name is so apt, turning point. I designed the album cover myself. Wow. That's how, that's how that's how much work we put. Let,
1: let, and, and let's talk about it, right? Because you you have your shades on. Um um, you're you're sort of looking a bit downwards. Yeah. Um, you, You've got, like, a sweater on. you got a shirt and a tie, yeah. you know. I mean, that was the swag then. This is 2010. Yeah. You know? So
0: that was this, you know. You, so, know, you know, it was even not that. It was also... Was it the um, doctor thing? Yes. Because you had a, you had your logo. The logo, yeah. yeah. Which is the medical... Uh, well, we've upgraded this small shirt. But I actually have that tattooed on my arm as well.
4: Wow. That's, yeah.
0: That's cool. So it was also... That turning point, doctor, musician, we needed to show that, you know, this is not just your average artist. You know, he's educated. He's a qualified dental surgeon. You understand? There's nobody like me in industry, probably apart from Dr. Alban, but, you know. And Timmy. <laughs> yeah, Timmy. actually a dentist as well. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, Timmy stopped dropping. Timmy me. Yeah, but, you know, it was oh, it was literally about showcasing who Dr. Sid is. I was a shirt and suit and tie guy, you know, with the sweater on, you know what I'm saying, nice waistcoats, badass mm-hmm. jeans, yeah. sheets, you know, that we transitioned. That, to, that was the fit for a long time. For though. a long yeah. time, yeah. And then, then the Belessa had to come at him and so I had to wear hoodies so <laughs> and I guess i something. You know, but um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I know that I made a mark in history. Whenever you talk Nigerian music for eons to come, you cannot not to mention be. i don't know how many notes are supposed to be in that test, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you have to mention <laughs> turning points yeah. in one way or another Either over the moon something about you pop something there's so many people that have been inspired by it affected by it um is walk people through some some hard times some great times and as an as an artist and as a creator that's what you want you want to leave a legacy behind. Mm-hmm. I was I mean, I'm not actively making music anymore right now. have a record label zero gravity. i'm I'm pushing new artists, but I tell them that they are my legacy. These are the people that I've said I'm handing over every success that I've had, and I'm putting it on you and telling the world this is the person, or these are the people that Dr. Sid has said will carry on what I've built to this point and go way beyond. so it's it's no pressure, but, there's so, pressure, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. and there are values and an ethos that I need to impact in every single one of my artists, so they understand what you're doing. Like I said, what you're standing on. So when you decide to run, jump, or fly, you know the platform that you're you're, you're jumping up, off, up, off, and we can build from there.
1: Best verse. I, I, I know the best verse. I have my best verse, but what's your best verse of turning point?
0: Ah. Yo, so it will be between my verse on Bami Joe
2: mm-hmm.
0: And Ah, man eee, Probably with Jimmy G,
1: Okay, we're getting close. WG,
0: yeah. WG.
1: Um, it has
0: to be the second verse. Second verse of Wichi WG, The Second verse of Wichi WG. Oh. WG. <laughs> second verse of WG, WG. <laughs> Baby Hello. You know Shaboto Lefem. Hello. You be like J Lu. Okay, let's go. We can leave today, not tomorrow. Oh. Like Beyonce, I see, I see your Hello. halo. Don't expect me just to let go. Oh. No. No. no, 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 no. I don't go let go. So what's up? Oh, yeah, come make me go chop up. Go to club where we can pop up. Fill the bedroom and start to jump up. Hey, jump up. Like like some, something I say, pop up. Hey. How did you come out of that? that? It's a sick verse. It was just, it was a vibe. And Jazzy came up with the melody.
1: Because you, you rapped on the first verse. Yeah. The first verse is rap. And like then, then we had to
0: now, because there, there, there was an energy, there was a spirit in this. It. Eh, hello. Eh, let's go. And you so, know what that took me back to? That just took me back to
1: Tribe Era. Yeah. That took me back yeah. to how Tribe used to create characters, comical characters, and then infuse them in the verses, yeah. right? So from plenty nonsense so, to tip, pull ah, they carry and go, right?
0: Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite videos to make. Which one? Tifo Le like Canebo. Yeah, so cringe definitely. as well.
1: But the craziest part is where Freestyle is actually uninstalling the DSTV. yeah.
0: <laughs> Yo, classic. I think I even got the buddies to watch it like a few weeks ago. Like this is just, does yeah. this a difference with the way we, we did stuff back then? You Would
1: know? you advise like artists now to go like as far back as, you know, that era to watch? Is, is there any points?
0: Yes, there is. There is, because there's something that's missing now that was existing then. And if you can find a way to bring some of that back into what's happening now, you set yourself apart from what's happening now. Yeah. Just- and you also bring in a certain level of nostalgia to certain people. If you notice, Americans and the world, they're very good at bringing back old songs. I had an old instrument and an old beats, old lyric, changing it. You know, Tory Lanez who do say it by on vogue. I'm, yeah. Wow, sounds like a brand yeah. new song.
1: Or even the Spider-Man movie, the new Spider-Man movie I watched yesterday at the cinema, and they brought back Andrew Garfield and you Yo. know, Toby Maguire. And now it's they're like,
0: talking about Andrew Garfield continuing as Spider-Man in a, the, the amazing Spider-Man series. Crazy. <clears throat> yeah. But you know, so 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 it's it's literally about and and someone said back catalog optimization. Mm. How do you look back at what you've done? and optimize it for the present, you know. Um, I have to be able to look at how I can take over the moon and create it in a new way that appeals to a new audience but still keeps the essence of the original of those songs. Turning Point is an album that I would love to make an Am a Piano re- refix of, hmm. the entire project. You know, get back in the studio, just create the balance yeah. and have it in there. Look at how many versions of Amen I you have. Yeah. You want to bam You want to <laughs> cheer with the big boys? <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, so, and it's it's literally, how do you optimize that? Because music is evergreen. It's not going to die. We're going to be listening. I mean, some people I'm still listen to Arita Franklin. True. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah.
0: Fella, most importantly, instant success is nice. How do you make music? I and mean, in 10 years, somebody look back and say, ah, that's not bad. Mm. You understand? mm mm-hmm. My artists, if they notice the songs that move me are the songs that elicit an emotion, that I can picture something. I can create a memory out of that song. It brings back a different memory every single time or the same memory every time I hear it. And those are the things that stand the test of time. And I'm happy that with Turning Point, we created songs that will touch people and hopefully 20, 30 years from now, they'll still be talking about it.
1: Let's wrap it up with pop something.
4: Okay. pop pop pop, pop.